All right, welcome to the third episode. This is the Listen More podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Cody, who actually runs Canada Property Tours out of the GTA Halton area. Cody, thank you for coming out. Before we get into it, Cody is a videographer, photographer for real estate, but that's not the only thing he does. So today, we're going to tap into what it takes to get into photography as a whole, as maybe part-time, taking your way up to a full-time business, and what kind of passion you really have for real estate, or does it go beyond uh, real estate on your photography end? Cody, thank you. Thank you for having me, Mike. This podcast, the whole point of it is to have somebody out that has a different profession than the last, so we can give maybe the younger generation, somebody who's just getting out of school, an idea on what a profession actually entails, right? Because I know myself getting out of school, I had no idea what the hell I wanted to do. I went to school for environmental science and now I'm a real estate agent. So a lot of people waste time doing something that they're not necessarily meant to do. So first and foremost, how did you get into photography? Was it right out of school? Was it always a passion? So funny enough, I have an environmental governance degree and I'm a photographer. So kind of similar to you, we didn't use our degrees, but uh, no, I started playing around with cameras in university. I uh, started with taking landscapes, and then I got into taking uh, photos of the Guelph sports team. So I got into hockey. I did a little bit of basketball, uh, football, rugby, and then I started getting into headshots. And then when I graduated, I started looking for jobs, and I couldn't find a job for three, four months. I was like, am I ever going to find a job in my industry? Everyone was looking for different, you know, degrees. People were looking for environmental sciences, environmental engineers, and I just had a Bachelor of Arts. So I found a job um, doing real estate photography um, with a company in 2015. Uh, did that for about four years. Started my own company in 2019 and uh, just kind of grew from there. And then I also do promotional uh, videos for other small businesses outside of real estate to keep me busy in the slow seasons. Awesome. Now, when you started up with the other company doing your photography, at what point did you realize you wanted to kind of go on your own and do this as your own business instead of working for somebody else? Was there like a aha moment for you or was it just not getting enough business from them? So you wanted to do your own thing? It was a little bit about hitting a ceiling in terms of how much money that I could make for the time that I was spending. Um, but it was also the fact that my grandpa and both of my parents have always been self-employed. Um, and so it was just kind of ingrained in me from day one. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm living at home. What better opportunity do I have to take the leap of faith, see if it works? Uh, thankfully, it did. Uh, the first year was really, really slow. Did not make much money at all. After writing off my camera gear that I bought, I pretty much broke even. Yeah, that sounds like um, my first year in real estate. Yeah. So, but, you know, here we are, I think almost four years later, um, I've hired Curtis, who, you know, who's yeah. been working with me for a couple of years now, and we're just continuing to grow the business and uh, uh, him and I work really well together. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can stay together long term. And that's, uh, that's kind of the game plan right now. Now, did you go into it with just photography at the time or was video as prevalent maybe four years ago for you guys? So no, video has definitely grown a lot um, with social media. And it's kind of funny because a lot of people, when I first got into 
doing photography around 2014, 2015, people are like, oh, you know, photography is a dying industry. Turns out, you know, five, six years later, everyone wants a photographer. Everyone wants a videographer um, for their social media, for their Facebook, their Instagram, their TikTok, their YouTube. So it's funny how it was kind of dwindling out there in the mid 2010s, but it's really coming back here in the 2020s. And I think it's crucially important to, uh, to grow your business. Yeah, I think like five years ago, I mean, I started in the industry almost eight years ago now. And even when we first started, the pictures didn't have to be professionally done. We could have done it with our own camera, made it look reasonable and still got away with it. But now like the expectations of the client is different, but also the expectation of the agent. Do we want to like take personal pictures, have yourself in the bathroom mirror? Like we see all the time. It's, it's embarrassing for your client, but you're not going to get that repeat client after that, after they see the product and the cost for us is not massive. We're running a business. We have expenses. So to have you guys doing it professionally, taking good photo and video, I mean, it's, I still don't understand why other agents don't use it. Yeah. This at this point in the game, when photo and video is essential. And the biggest thing for me, having been house searching for 11 months, uh, this year or last year, 2022 was the 3d Matterport or I guide and having the floor plan. Yep. That's the first thing that I look at is what's the address. What's the floor plan? How's the, how's the house laid out? Where are the bones of the house? You know, is there a sliding door to the backyard in a bedroom? Is it off the side of the house, off the back of the house? You know, where's the basement entrance? So for me, that is, is really huge and not everyone does it. Um, but I think that's a really important thing to, uh, to do moving forward, especially for me. Cause I know there's other people like me who they just care about the floor plan. They're going to rip the house apart anyways. Yeah. And, uh, so that's how I made my decision for buying a house was just pictures, video. Great. But the floor plan was the deciding factor for me. And having that available on the MLS was made my life a lot easier. Now, when you're kind of prepping to go shoot a property, do you guys have like a prep process or are you just showing up to the address and you're kind of just going with the flow or do you have like the night before, are you looking at where you're going and having a process? Yeah. So the only prep that we really do is Curtis and I will just kind of organize our days, whether we're going to be working together, driving together, whether we're going to split up at some point, um, making sure that who's ever doing certain things, uh, who has the 3d camera, who's got the drones, who's got the microphones, different things like that. Um, and then we also look at if there is, you know, a commercial business that has employees and we've got to move them around. So then it makes sense for Curtis and I both to be there. Right. So he doesn't have to, you know, move people around by himself. We can shoot photo and video quickly. You know, he'll do photo, I'll do video or he's inside doing one thing. I'm flying the drone. Um, so sometimes that makes sense in our prep as well. Um, and then in terms of letting people know what to do, I think most agents are pretty good at it. Um, you know, at telling their clients to put plungers away, clean the, the, you know, put, um, toothbrushes away, towels, mats, things like that. Um, I should create a list. I don't have one, but yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, you guys send us a package of like, make sure your clients are prepped for this, this, and this. Yeah. 
And, you know, you've been through it with us a couple of times where it's like, we get there, you know, on time, but we're, you know, moving stuff from each shot. And it's not as easy as you guys just hopping in there and taking pictures. Sometimes it is, but I'm sure there's other times where it's like us where you're moving stuff from room to room because the client has a ton of stuff that just is not able to find another home except for maybe a hallway or a bathroom that you've already taken a picture. Exactly. And that's something that we're totally used to. Um, and most of the time the realtor preps us for that and then we can kind of plan accordingly. Um, if we do need to, like I said, move a lot of stuff or move people, then sometimes Curtis and I will go together Yeah, and that kind of eases the process. So we're not flipping between photo and video, gimbal and tripod, things like that, lighting and, and whatnot. Um, but as long as we're prepared for that, that's not an issue at all. When you're doing... I guess you're getting your info from the agent. They need to meet, you know, they want property video. Maybe they just want pictures. Are you finding a lot of people are now incorporating video into every listing or are some people just doing photos or have they kind of come with the times they're doing the agent first and foremost in a maybe intro where they're talking or at least opening a door or some people still shy with video for their clients? Most people, most realtors don't want to be on camera. Um, there's a few that I've been doing stuff with over the years. Some people will go on camera for a year and then they'll stop going on camera. Uh, but I'd say 70 to 80% of our clients at least do photo and video. Um, sometimes the 3d makes sense to do on certain properties with, you know, weird floor plans or, or whatnot or custom build houses. Um, but yeah, we have maybe 10 or 20% of the agents who just do photos and that just works for them. And I've talked to them about doing video and other things, but they're happy with just doing photos. I guess their clients are happy with that. Um, and, you know, I don't really push people if they don't want to uh, to do other things that, you know, they don't feel is necessary for listing their, uh, their properties. Now, you've just come on the buying side, so you've dealt with seeing properties available and, like, what your version of advertising actually looks like yeah. on MLS, clicking your pictures. As a buyer, was there more value to you to see floor plans like you're saying, video walkthroughs, or were the pictures enough a lot of the time for you? Or do you really see when you're on that end how much added value these guys are or you guys are actually providing by just adding a video? Or Honestly, the, the, so the house that I bought had photo, video, 3D floor plans, and drone. Yeah. And it was just a normal 50 by 120 lot. Um, thousand square foot bungalow, nothing fancy, but the drone really provided an interesting perspective because there was a garage in the backyard. So I wanted to see, you know, how much of the backyard does the garage take up? You know, what does it back onto? So the house that we bought just, it backs onto, um, shops. So I think there's a pizza store, a camera store, um, you know, a couple stores in behind. So I wanted to see that from a bird's eye view because you would never understand the view from the ground level, right? So that was important. And then, like I mentioned before, the 3D and being able to see the floor plan um, was very, very important because we've got a sliding glass door in the kitchen, whereas most of the bungalows in Georgetown, I find either have a side door out to the backyard, have no door to the backyard, or it's in one of the bedrooms, typically the primary bedroom, right? which doesn't always make sense. No, the sliding door out of the bedroom is always... But that's very common. It's common. And it's always the one thing that when you're showing a client, they're like, eh, 
I don't know if I want an access point in my bedroom yep. or maybe it's the second bedroom. So they'll have a kid there and they, you don't want a kid with a sliding door that they can get in and out of, especially at a young age. Yep. I guess you don't want a teenager in and out either at the same point, but yeah, having all the, these options, I think it's, it's hugely important. Like as an agent to provide value for your client, that's really the job to provide them value, to make sure you get the best price for their property. And I don't know. I don't think it's enough anymore just to do pictures. Yeah. If I'm being honest, like some agents will do just pictures. You guys did one for us recently that was just pictures, but the house needed to be demolished or fully rented. So there's really no, no need for video. But if you've got a nice house, you should showcase it for your client. They're going to get more money. You're going to find a better buyer ultimately for that product. And yeah. it's, I don't know, maybe you, should, you just need to... I think some, some people need to push. Sometimes I think the reason, and I, I don't know for sure, but I think some realtors take a discount on their commission and then go, okay, I don't need to spend a thousand dollars on photo, video, drone, 3d, whatever. If I'm going to do a deal for this client, whether it's a friend or family or whatnot, I'm going to cut back on some of the advertising and that's cutting back on the photography or the videography. And I think, maybe that's what happens sometimes. If you're listening and you have had a family member ask you for a discount, this is very common. You know, if you work with somebody you know, or maybe you have a long-standing relationship, people always want to deal. Yep. They never want to pay full price for anything. But I think we almost need to cut that shit out for the most part. It's like, yes, I understand you want to deal, but ultimately you should just be looking for like dollar in pocket. If I, th if I say, yeah, I'll list your house for, you know, 10 bucks instead of the 20 original dollars, but you're going to get $30 less. Like the net net is useless to you. Yeah. So I think we need to kind of forget about the discount culture for at least for real estate and you can still get a discount, but maybe it doesn't have to be like no commission or maybe it has to be a little bit more to get your advertising, to get people out to the product. It's like you're doing everybody a disservice. If you're an agent and you're giving such a steep discount, but you're also not, getting the price for the people that you really want to, your family, your friend, yep. somebody who's really close to you is not getting what they need. It's unfortunate. The industry is full of discount and I'm sure you're approached by new new agents. I need pictures. How cheap can you do the pictures? Yep. And like, that's, it sucks. You run a business and the first question somebody will come up to you with is like, so how cheap can I get your services for? Yep. And I've had to turn some people away when they ask, you know, my guy does it for $80 and I, I can't make a living on that. Go back know. to your guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how your guy does it for $80. And sometimes I'll look and they're okay, but you know, they're not as good as what we do. Or sometimes they're just terrible. And I don't know why you, you would sell a house with pictures for $80 or, or anything. You know, At that point you might as well pay nothing and use your phone. <laughs> exactly. Like $80. It's not like you guys charge an arm and a leg, but the fact that people are still looking for a discount, knowing that like, the commissions are pretty good. We make good money. Even if you're giving a deal, yep. you're still making good money on a sale. This market's different. Stuff's not going to move like it was last year. Yep. So it's... And now I have some agents actually spending more money now. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. Because they know things are going to sit yep. and they're going to have to market the property even more. Yeah. Now you need not only photos to maybe do an ad online yep. you need a video so you can run another ad maybe you just want to do a ad with a couple pictures and a floor plan like you need variety more instagram stories 
more Instagram videos and you can even self-record them like you do in front of the house, giving a little blurb about the house, just any type of advertising, right? What do you think about social media and real estate? Do you think agents that aren't on social media or maybe that aren't even doing video, do you think there's still like business for them going forward? Or do you think it's like where it needs to be as like a baseline now? Like, what's your opinion on that? As if you want to, just went through a bottom If you want to be like, I think if you want to be really successful, you've got to at least be on Instagram. Facebook is okay. TikTok, you know, I think that's growing. I'm not on TikTok. Um, it's going to be gone soon, anyways. Is it really? Yeah, I think they're about to get sued and lose it. Okay, Let's see how long it lasts. But yeah, no, I do have some older agents that are, I would say, either late fifties, early sixties, who aren't on social media or, or who are on it, but don't post all the time. Um, I think for them, at least for their business, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to get new business from no. it because they're not doing it, but they probably have 20 to 30 years of clients Correct. who know what they're going to get. They still probably offer, if they're in the business still at that age, they probably offer a good, they're still experience. hiring me. They're still doing the drill, the photo, the right. video. It's just, and it's on MLS, it's on Realtor.ca. So they're doing everything but getting in front of camera, but you're 50 or 60, so you don't really give a shit. And it's not ending up on Instagram or Facebook. Right. Now, somebody who's just starting, who's young, like, they have no choice. Yeah. you got to get, like, you're building a business at this point. Your pictures going on there doesn't put a face yeah. to who you are and what you're representing your clients for. So, yeah, the older you are, you can probably get away with it, but if you're fresh in the business, it's... It's going to be difficult. And like you said, it's really, really important. Um, There was another realtor that I work with who told me that they got a few deals just from Instagram last year. Yeah, 2022. I did four deals from Instagram last year. Yeah. They were people that I knew from the past, but they only used me because I had online presence because I made videos. and, And like the point of doing the videos for us is to educate people. But also, like, if you hop on your Instagram, if I did a video today, you're probably going to see it. Yeah. Because I'm trying to do one every single day. And you may not move today. You may not move in a year. But if at that point, you've seen 400 videos of Mike. You know what Mike does. Yeah. Like, there's no question. Yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah, Mike sells houses. He just posted, just sold. Yeah. And he's posted five of those this year. Like, that's not enough. Five posts for people to see. If you get in the back of their head, like, from a business standpoint, like yeah. you guys, when you post stuff you're way more likely to get somebody to reach out to you and say, that was an awesome reel you made for that client. I need you to do this house for me next week. Exactly. Right. And that's where a lot of the stuff that I do, it's just referrals. Someone sees, Oh, you did that for that realtor. Can you do that for me? Or I haven't seen you do this. Someone else did it. Can you do that for me? Sure. Well, you know, we'll try anything. We'll do anything. We can replicate whatever anyone needs. But I think touching on getting clients from social media is you know what, if you're going to spend, whether you value your time or money, five, ten thousand dollars on doing brand awareness like we're doing right now, having this podcast yep. or doing other things for your social media, and but you get four deals out of it and you make five, six, seven times the commission back from it, then it's the best investment you ever made. When you're doing any of this content, like the podcast, this is like a passion project for me, just to kind of put awareness on different companies, different things that are available for people to do. But like anybody who comes on them, like yourself, you're like, yeah, I'll hop on a podcast that maybe 30 people are going to listen to. Like, it's good that you're putting yourself out there as a business. And I've got agents who follow me. You never know. Like, it's just like one new client turns into 
how many deals do they do or you do a good job for them they have a friend in the industry right so it's, it's goodwill almost at the same time right if you can do stuff without expecting it's just going to come to you yep i originally just started making videos because it's like i don't know i want to be comfortable on video i see people do it let's get through the ugly phase of i'm looking away from the camera i'm not making any sense when i'm talking right to maybe now sounding more coherent less scared offering a better product at the end of the day for whatever it is whether it's podcast youtube my clients yeah and i'm in the same boat this is the first time i've really put myself in front of the camera um you know, I've done videos uh, showing myself on social media and stuff like that for the company, but not very often and never speaking. I never put the camera on selfie mode. I never say, hey, it's Cody from Canada Property Tours. Uh, it's just something that I've never done. Uh, but, you know, talking to you and you doing what you're doing now and other realtors, you know, in, in, in my network are doing it. It's something that I do want to get into. Um, it's just going to take a bit of time. Why aren't you doing it? Sometimes I'm just in such a rush. I've got, you know, three houses lined up with two hour time slots and I've got to get in photo, video, get out. You know, sometimes I try to, you know, take a picture of the house, uh, or take a little story and tag the realtor yeah. just so people know that we're working what we're doing throughout the day. But I just, you know, sometimes I forget or just yeah. add it to your routine. So I have I this know. home inspector that we use. We've only used him for maybe the past five or six inspections, but he's been like fantastic. He's got a good social media presence, and I actually literally typed home inspector yep. into my Instagram, and he came up. He was one of the guys who I followed, and he followed me back. Yep. So I called him. I said, hey, I need an inspection you know, in a couple of days. Can you do it for me? I see that you know, you've know you got a good business set up. You had good reviews and all that fun stuff, but every time he comes out to the inspection, photo with you, photo with the house. Yep. Tags you both. Yep. You're gonna repost it. Yep. Guess who sees it? Everybody on his account, and then he shares it, and vice versa, right? So, if you just add that one thing, and it doesn't even have. Maybe you're not talking. Yeah. Maybe it's just a picture tag. Yeah. And then eventually you're comfortable with the picture. Yeah. And then you say, hey, it's Cody and John. Cody and Mike were in Georgetown doing photos. Like, go to Mike's page to see what. Exactly. What we're up to, right? And then I'll be chatting my mouth off because I'm not shy anymore of the camera, yeah. right? So I, like going forward, that can be awesome, I think, for you guys just to kind of silently add more to your business. Yeah. It's something that I really want to do is work on consistently posting on Instagram because yeah. it's the one thing that after a long day and, you know, I've got to get home at five and then I've got another four hours of editing. The last thing I want to do is spend another 20 minutes finding some pictures or video, getting a caption, getting all the information and posting. And so sometimes it just hits the back burner right now and I need to, I need to really work on that. I don't know if there's a better way that you can like make it seamless for you. Like if you have all the agents, like even in an Excel document or something yeah. with their Instagram handle, yeah. or whatever their contact is. And then even if you're taking a picture at the end of the day, doing your editing, take a picture of your computer, tag the agents, yeah. but not so you're like, shit, what's Mike's handle? Let me find it. What's yeah. Steve's handle? Because if you're wasting 20 minutes to take a picture and tag everybody, like you're not gonna do it. It's not worth your time. So it's not about tagging. It's more about doing like the quick little write-up and then like finding the photos, the 10 photos that I wanna use. And like, you know, saying that it doesn't take much time. No, when it's ten thirty at night, 
and I, the, and I want that's to work the harder part is right? doing the pictures just if you do a story yeah easy yeah it's the other stuff but you have to have a thoughtful description yeah. and then you get like 10 people who liked it and you say fuck like was that even worth my time to do right yeah so no I get that for sure I do less posting than I do video because it's like what am I going to write here exactly what are the hashtags like there's just so many other things that you're thinking about but next next photo shoot is tomorrow just take a picture with the agent and post it yeah easy yeah it's way easier for me to just say it than for you to remember I to do it and have it's your process but yeah. no I, like that will I think benefit you going forward at least for my next one I'll remind you to do it I'll even just make a video with you yeah so you don't have good. to remember yeah right? this is great now you're four years in you said four years with my own company yeah okay now first year sucked did you see a big jump from year one to year two in at least your production the amount of agents that are reaching out to you even just your mindset because I know myself coming from like year one to year two yeah when I was like just kicked in the ass my whole first year of real estate spending a ton of time and not getting any return yep. like I know going to year two it was like okay January hits and I'm like, am I going to make any money this year? Because yep. last year sucked. Yeah, you were happy to have the calendar turnover, yep. but you're also scared because you're self-employed like me. So exactly. we start making zero and you can finish making zero yep. in 12 months, right? So how, what was that second year like for you? So second year was really good because I got a lot of referrals and people that I had worked with in the past um, who really enjoyed working with me uh, found out that I had my own business, so I got a huge boost from that. But yeah, the first year was figuring out editors. You know, I went through three editing companies, right? And they're all overseas, and so you've kind of got to try them out for their consistency. Can they deliver the photos back to you within 10 to 12 hours? You know, how's their editing process? Um, do they screw things up sometimes, right? And so, you know, I had issues where sometimes I'm supposed to give the photos back to you guys by 9.30 in the morning. I wouldn't get them back till 11.30 or 12. Right. I'd be on the road. And so like I three or four in the afternoon and yeah. we're still like, hey, have you sent it? And, and so like, I kind of dump some editors and, and move on. So I've got good editors that I've been working with for the last two years who I'm really happy with. Um, and then just, you know, building my website, getting the workflow down. But yeah, first to second year was, was really good. And then and then I got so busy actually in my second year, I had to start turning away business. Um, and that's when I tried to find someone and I got Curtis and, and Curtis has really helped ease the workflow. Like we're so much more flexible now, whereas if I'm busy, I can send Curtis. Curtis is busy, I can go or we can both go. And so that, like you know in real estate, when you're organizing things with stagers, homeowners, kids, people in general, things are fluid. Yep. And so having a second person really helped our schedule be fluid. I like getting into a business where it's just yourself, it's fun, but it's lonely at the same time, right? So yes, it's still your business, like whoever you hire is under working under you, but having the ability to kind of dispatch certain tasks to other people, it like takes the workload off your shoulders. Yeah. So you can add a more valuable task to your day. Yes. That needs to be done by you specifically instead of, hey, it's just photos. Anybody that we've got on the team can handle it. But maybe you need to do walk through with your gimbal or something that's just a you task. Yeah. So it like frees up space and time for that. And I think that like that's how business needs to be run. Yeah. If it's not worth your dollar an hour rate, you need to pass it on to 
somebody who can still do the job at the high level, but exactly. gives you the ability to make your your rate on that. And that was the biggest thing with outsourcing editing, and every photographer does it for the most part. Yeah. It just frees up, you know, four or five hours of your night. Are you using Fiverr, or were you guys doing your editing? No, I just found a company on Google. You just Google, send some test samples over, give them a try, see how their consistency is, and just, yeah, that's pretty much how it was. Photos, I sold a place the other day in Burlington, and we almost didn't go look at it because the photos were either very poorly edited, so the colors were like way off. It looked like it was like in the middle of the summer on a beach inside the house with yep. all the brightness, or it was just maybe on the guy's phone for all we know. Yeah. But like to have a quality photo and be edited is huge. Yeah. We almost didn't go look at this house. Yeah. I said to the client, like, let's go look just in case. I just have a feeling these pictures are not giving it a good representation. I'm like, well, I've seen it enough where there's crappy photographers or like a super wide angle lens on a backyard that's really only 10 feet deep but looks like a football field almost, right? So yeah. like you guys need to find somebody who could do the job but make it look like the house. Yeah. Like you can't just like throw the lipstick on the pig and it looks like a horse all of a sudden. And that's kind of what some of these guys are doing. Yeah. We worked work with guys in the past that weren't like you. Like you guys take a picture, it looks like the house. It's brightened up where it should be, but it's not like we just throw it through an Instagram filter and send it back to you type of thing. Yeah. Right. So huge. And being able, being able to outsource it, like it would take you so much time to do it. Well, especially if I go shoot, you know, say two houses, say it's, you know, between 80 and 100 photos, right? You do the math on that. You yeah. spend two minutes on each photo kind of blending. If you had to put in the blue skies yourself, color correct the ceiling. If you've got to put fire in the fireplace, get rid of the color cast on the walls, like you're more than two minutes. You could be five minutes a photo times 80 photos, hours upon hours. And your value is shooting. Yes. Right. What about video? Are you guys editing your own video? Or are you yes, there is a lot of companies that do outsource editing videos, but I find video is so particular that especially if I wanted something to be edited, like sometimes I'll have a realtor say, hey, can you use this clip first instead? Yeah. Or hey, can you change the title on this from Halton Hills to Georgetown? Right. Or Limehouse or Glen Williams, something more specific to the area that then I'd have to go back to the editor and then it would take another, you know, six hours for them to email me back and right. rent it, right? So because they're usually overseas. They're overseas, so it could take right? twelve hours. Yeah, your time differences. Yeah. So that's I try to keep certain things in-house, like video editing. Um, because I just find well, I haven't tested it, but I just I think that there would be issues. I tend to agree. Like I know a lot of people outsource like a YouTube video, but that's okay. There's not like a specific time when it needs to go on you might put it on a day late or a couple hours late but for a lot of the clients it's like this house is going to go on this day we're generally doing pictures or media like a day or two before which is kind of stupid on our end because we're the client's never ready until the end but when the house is ready the client wants it on the market but we also need time for media so i'm sure you get agents that are hey when am i getting my pictures when's the video coming right so it's kind of like all rushed for no reason at the end the process seems to be like that for every agent though yeah i don't know if it's different for any of the others but having the ability to like you're saying oh can you really like switch these two clips of the video like you can do that on the fly yeah if you have your computer with you and then move on exactly 
instead of the agent not being able to post a listing or yeah. do whatever they want to do. Yeah, sometimes it's as simple as um, the address is misspelled because our computer autocorrected, which honestly happens more often than not. You type a street name in and it's kind of, it's not a normal English word and you hit enter and you move on and it, it autocorrected to something else. And, you know, we don't realize it until you might mention it to us. Or sometimes we do when we go back or, you know, the client wants the laundry room before the bathroom in the video or something small like that is easy to change up. But yeah, that outsourcing, then it would be a pain to chop that back up or ask them to. And then it doesn't become as valuable for you from a like money perspective either. Yeah. Like you're going to have to pay them again to do the edit. Exactly. And then it's like, okay, well, that job was not helpful for me from the financial standpoint at the same time, right? Exactly. So it's pretty clear using services like you guys offer or like photo video, like it needs to happen. It makes a difference on purchasing the house. Now you've been through, I can imagine in eight years. Yep. What's the best place you've shot? Best place that I've shot? Yeah. I've shot a few really cool houses, not always the biggest house. Uh, but one of the biggest houses, if had the biggest house that I've shot was the Princess Margaret house in King City. I think it was the 2021 or 2022 house. A guy from Georgetown won the house and he didn't want to move to King City, obviously. Right. He loves Georgetown. So a Georgetown realtor got the listing. I was lucky enough to photograph it. Curtis and I went there. And it was including the basement. I think it was ten or twelve thousand square feet. We were there filming photo and video, drone, agent intro, reel, all that for eight hours that day, and then we probably spent another six hours editing everything. Like a production. It was a full full production. Um, very very cool house. Uh, tricky lighting with you know how much natural light is pouring in versus the ambient light. How open concept everything is. So it was a bit of a challenge on some things, but. That was probably the coolest house that uh, that Curtis and I have ever shot. I don't think a lot of people keep those Princess Margaret houses or anybody who wins like these lottery houses. It's like, wow, I won the house. But then you realize real quickly that there's property taxes. There's the upkeep. Do you want to move where the heck this house is? Sometimes it's the Muskoka Cottage or whatever. Like you're not going to go live there necessarily. If you're 20 years old and you still have a life outside of cottage country. Right? Yeah, like so, if you want a house in King City, if I want a house in King City, yeah. we're not going to move our family there. If you have kids in school and you've got your family close by, grandparents, it just doesn't make sense, right? So you're right. I think they do get sold quite often. Yeah, and it's just a house. Yeah. Like people buy houses for things that they want in the area. Most people aren't just moving somewhere because it's like, what can I buy for $500,000 today? Pull up a map. Okay, I'm going to move here. Like people don't really operate that way. Some have, but for the most part, they want to be close to family, friends, school if they have kids. So yeah, these houses, unless you luck out and it's in your hometown, yeah, you're just going to sell it, take the cash, and do what you need to do with it. I think. Yeah, it's nice at the end of the day. The house is beautiful, but I don't know. It's just like one of the lottery. Just pretend you got cash. You never had the house. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, why do people need a large house like that, anyways? You know, it was funny when we were there shooting the house, there was showings the first day. They already had it on the market. They already had it on the market. Mm -hmm. Before we were even done with the pictures, there was a family that came in. And I would say in their mid to late 30s with two young kids who were probably, I'd say, three and five. 
And in my head, so this house sold for just over six million. Nice winning. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, holy smokes, like six million dollars and you've got a young family. That just blew my mind. The fact that they had that kind of money. Yeah. Yeah. And that they were there like like this right away to see it before there was any pictures on the internet. Yeah. They had they had the kind of money where they were ready to go. Yeah, like six million dollars. Not uh, like a million dollar house now is it's not even impressive a lot of the time. Like no. you go into a million dollar house, like me and you probably don't bat an eyelash. Most people probably don't, but like a six million dollar house, no matter where that is, that's going to look like something only a few can afford. Yes, not many people that I know, but it's something people dream about. Yeah, why we dream about having a six million dollar house and all that space, I don't know, but. It's the material world that we live in, right? Yeah. So that's your favorite house that you've shot so far? Yeah, you know what? There's been some other ones with some more unique character. And I'd say the two, three million dollar range. Like, you know, there's been a couple in Campbellville. Um, but that one was, yeah, overall probably the most impressive. I Campbellville has some like unreal property when you're driving through the country there. Yeah. It has, like, Dead Mouse used to live out there. Yeah. There's some really, really famous people. I think even wow, Bieber lives, like, Push Lynch, which is kind of near here. Yeah. But it's kind of in the same area. There's some really, really nice property. Yeah. But sometimes I'll drive into Milton, and I'm like, man, like, what do these people do? I know. Right? Like, what the heck can somebody, like, the property taxes cost more than what most people pay for their house in some cases, right, with some of these monster places. But... Going from your photography business to now being newly married, how can you see work changing, if at all? Do you think there's a new balance that you're having to establish with your partner being married, or was it kind of the same as you guys were together? It's been the same. Nothing. Uh, so we got married October 1st, so it's been a few months now. Yeah. Nothing's changed. We lived together for about 18 months leading up to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing's changed. We honestly, we both work a lot. Um, we both work a lot of evenings. Um, so we're both, we're both good in that, in that respect. She knows your, the way your job works. Like you can have some last minute stuff. You you might have your week planned out or a month planned out, depending on how busy the market is. Right. So having your partner understand what you do is all that matters. Yeah. If you're just like spitting at them random things that you have all of a sudden, that can get irritating. But if they understand, yeah, this is the way that how hectic your day can be, or if it's all like on a calendar where they can see it, it's just understanding. Yeah. I think for, from your partner, right? So your business is only going to go as far as you and your partner will allow, even though they're not, she's not a photographer. Yeah. She's not part of it, but they're not going to be able to, you're not going to get to that next level without your partner being okay with it. Exactly. Because that next level is going to require you working more, maybe doing more, putting more money out into the business. Yeah. That ultimately is your money now combined if you're married, right? So going into that, is there expansion or like what kind of growth are you seeing in the future for you? Are you going to be focusing mostly on real estate? Is there somewhere that you want to be that's not real estate just as much? What do you, what do you see in your future? We're going to continue to grow the real estate um, as much as we can. We're trying to stay as local 
as possible because I figured out in the last couple of years that travel time really eats into your day. Um, you know, some days I'll be in the car for between two and four hours, you know, I'll be in Brampton and then I'm in Vaughn and then I'm back in Mississauga. So trying to grow the business, but stay as local as possible, um, is really key for me. And then the other thing is we have another company called one take media, um, that we're launching hopefully in the next couple months that is just going to focus on doing video work and some photos for small businesses. Um, that want to promote their services on their website, their social media, um, wherever. Some of them even go on uh, billboards. Gotcha. So yeah. there's those like digital billboard ads now that are out there. Yeah. So you can like make a video that goes directly on a billboard, even right. Yep. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff. I think a media company, like I'm noticing it, and I've talked to you about it already. It's like all of these companies that are doing similar things to you have kind of now shifted their their name from something that was like real estate only yeah. to media because it does encompass everything. Yeah. But it also gives a a different view to the person seeing the company. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what it is, but if I read one take media versus Canada property tours, maybe just cuz it's a easier to digest name or because it's media and it encompasses everything. Yeah. that it's going to get somebody a little bit more excited if they just see you on Instagram or if they see you online. That's why I want to keep the businesses separate because yeah. I have, you know, done some market research and I've looked at some other companies and they do wedding videography. They do real estate. Yeah. They'll also like do product for something. Like they're doing a bit of everything on the website. Yeah. But then for you, you just want to hire a real estate guy who's really good at that. Yeah. Rather than the guy who does a little bit of everything. Because typically when I've looked at some of their, pictures you can tell that they might do two or three houses in a month but they're doing weddings they're doing other things and their quality just isn't as good as a dedicated real estate photographer yeah i've talked to there's a local guy near me here who wants to get into business so he was just chatting with me kind of trying to like pick my brain on like what we expect and it was just just that really it's like you need to understand houses you need to understand the angles that need to be taken like you need to combo rooms if you can just to get a full grasp that of takes the years. that takes years to learn it's not like if you take family portraits or baby pictures that all of a sudden you can all this be a expert in real estate photos maybe yeah. if you're just that good and you can learn quickly sure yeah but like nobody's an expert overnight in anything no and like eight years in you're learning a lot still i'm sure as the industry changes with new gear that you have to bring different things that the agents are now doing, like getting on camera, getting on video, yeah. you need audio recording, video recording, you need drone, right? So there's a lot more that comes into it now. And it's, I, it's a tough business to get into. Yeah. Cause there's a select few that are just controlling it. I think I get emails from tons of these companies trying to get a footing. Yeah. But like, I'll tell them, no, I've got, I've got a company I use, thanks. I've got a company I use, thanks. It's Once you find somebody that works. And I think the biggest thing is customer service and knowing what you're going to get. You know, you know that Curtis or I are going to show up every time, yeah. on time. We're not going to disappear on you. Like I've heard the horror stories of some photographers not showing up or just completely butchering the job. And so I feel like the biggest thing for me is when I work with clients, there's a really high retention rate. Um, 
just because as soon as people meet Curtis or I and they trust what we do, why would you leave, right? It's it's interesting, right? Because you guys aren't necessarily the biggest company. No. You don't offer the most. No. But people are going to stay with you because they like what you do. And just like myself, if I come to you guys and say, hey, like I saw another company do this for an agent. Can you do that for me? Yeah, no problem, right? So you guys are able to do different things if we want you to, or you're able to make it as simple or as complex, right? So instead of me leaving, going somewhere else or another agent leaving, they'll likely do the same thing. Yeah. Like I know somebody's approached you recently. Hey, I want to do a podcast because every real estate agent and their whole family wants to do a podcast now for whatever reason. But have you ever filmed a podcast? No, but they're going to want to do podcasts. Guess who's going to be learning and filming their podcast. They're not going to, yeah, they're not going to go and all of a sudden just find somebody who can do that. Yeah. Where they're going to have to build a new relationship and trust. They'd much rather your skill set that they already know you have. Like you film a house, you can film a podcast. Podcast is a lot less intricate. You set up a few cameras and you cut it where you need to, right? So just knowing that you can offer different services, I think people are going to be super happy with that. Yep. And we're just continuing to expand and, and, you know, keep everyone as happy as possible. Do you guys, do you think you'll need more employees in the future or like a set location for you guys to do video or podcast? Or are you going to do that kind of on the go? So right now it's going to be on the go. I think eventually I'd like to build a little studio like you have here in your basement, just something simple with some lights, a couple microphones set up, but you know, maybe that's going to happen in a year from now when I finish my basement. Yeah. Um, Two employee or just, yeah, me and Curtis makes the most sense right now because I feel like having a third person would add a lot more stress to my life. Just well, scheduling you're the boss at the end of the day, you also have to provide them with enough hours yeah. where they feel like it's worthwhile for them to work for you. Exactly. And it can't come out of your pocket because then there's no point. Exactly. You have to have the business yeah. to support their... So right now, like the main thing with me and Curtis is it just gives us flexibility. That's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, I used to have someone cancel on me last minute on a you know, Thursday and be like, hey, the stager's not done yet. Right. Can you do Friday? And in a busy season, I, I would tell them, hey, I'm, I'm one guy. I'm booked till next Wednesday. I can get you in on Thursday. Right. And then they'd have to go somewhere else. Right. Or I'd have to squeeze them in at like five o'clock at night before the sunset or something crazy like that. Right. Or on the weekends when I don't, you know, necessarily always want to be working. Yeah. Um, they do have to call another agent and try to see if they can change their time. Like there's, I know some people will do that, but then you're risking your relationship with them for maybe an agent that doesn't have a great relationship with you, or maybe they do. And there's somebody else who's willing to flex their time. Yeah. But it's like, we get the same thing. You can be at the house waiting for a client. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I can't make it. A lot of the time we're like, well, what the hell? Just let me know an hour earlier or something. And you guys are probably the same. You get to a house sometimes and we're late. You guys probably aren't late. I don't think you guys have ever been late for us. But it's one of those things. You don't want to ruin a reputation you have to move around. Yeah. And so having Curtis just allows you know, us to just bounce back and forth. If, you know, I've got three houses scheduled and he's got two and then something needs to be shuffled. Okay. Now Curtis has three, I have two, and now we're going two different directions on two different days. 
maybe it screws us up a little bit and maybe we're in the car for a bit longer than we wanted to be, but it gives us that flexibility. And I think, you know, that that's important for realtors yeah, because they're waiting on homeowners, stagers, cleaners, they're right. And so we're the last person they have to schedule. And so, yeah, we're known for being late. I don't know. You get a lot of agents that are late. No, no. Like that's, it's like, like yeah. a running joke is that agents are always late. And it is a lot of the time because we've got either poor planning on our schedule or a showing runs long, yeah. which leads to the next showing being on time, but later because the first one, right? So one appointment throughout the day gets delayed or extended and then the rest of the stuff gets pushed. It's not like you can cancel on the next person, right? So yeah. it, our days can definitely be crazy like that. Even you guys, it might take you longer to shoot a house. Yeah. Or you might house. have one of these houses that's not prepped the way it should have been, which means it's going to take, you know, double the time to move stuff around or just maybe it's one of you guys shooting a big house because you're busy. Yeah. And so sometimes that's why I try to ask agents, you know, how big is the finished basement? Is it finished? How big is the lot? You know, if you've got a normal lot, okay, maybe we're going to spend 15, 20 minutes outside. But if you've got like a two, three acre lot, you know, it might take us 30, 40 minutes outside to do photo video or drone or the reel or whatever to walk around the whole property. Or sometimes, you know, last minute, someone will say, oh, I forgot to order video. Can you do that for me? And I've got to say yes, which makes sense. But then I've got to call the agent who's after and say, hey, I'm going to be 45 minutes late. Because you've time blocked for pictures and not video. Yes. So sometimes I try to give myself a little bit of a buffer in between knowing that over the years, whether that's to take a lunch break or to, to catch up on work or if someone, you know, orders something or they're running behind. Um, so that's where I've kind of learned to, to give myself a little bit of a cushion between most of the houses so that we're never, you know, late as, uh, yeah. So we're not late very often. Yeah. Like just scheduling, I think is important. And like myself, I never really had a like calendar with the schedule and sometimes it would be like, okay, what's on tap for today? Yeah. Pull it up on your phone. Maybe you're missing a number or an address, right? But having something in front of you that you understand is this is today. This is every time block that you have. It'll make your life easier. Like if you have it now, you can schedule, okay, 30 minutes buffer for every client. Yeah. As long as you can, as long as you're not killing all that time and losing another client at the end of the day too. Yep. And then sometimes like, you know, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. You, there's a car crash on the highway and you're going to be half an hour late or or there's weather or whatnot. Right. So yeah. If you guys are just screwing around and you're late, different story, but yeah. like that kind of stuff, it, everybody understands traffic's a nightmare, especially if you're in and out of Toronto. Yeah. You guys have no choice getting in and out of there. And that's why I don't like to go there very often. <laughs> so in real estate right now, a lot of people are pushing, focusing on like a niche or a specific group or a niche, whoever's listening, whatever one you want to call it. Right. But working with only your client. Right. So like if I call you, and I work wherever, Durham. Yeah. Even if I'm going to do 30 listings a year with you, am I your ideal client? Is it worth it to go out of your area and kill your time for that? Or, or are you going to stay in a specific area, right? So I don't know if that's going to happen in your business even more. Like, are you going to tighten up just to halt in and maybe peel? But I think a lot of agents are doing that. So that way they have more specific marketing that they can focus on. Yeah. Right. They can say, Hey, I am the 
Halton agent. I am the Georgetown agent. I am the Glenn Williams. If they just want to go down to Glenn Williams agent. And some people are literally not taking business outside of their circle yep. that they're hoping for, which people think that's nuts to turn down business, but really it'll just attract more where you want yep. at the end of the day. And like you're saying for you, just cut down your drive time. Cut yeah. Down your yeah. We're trying to hyper, hyper focus on staying in like Halton Peel. Um, like what a nightmare is it for you guys to go away downtown Toronto and do condos? Yeah. But if you know what we do it, cause yeah. I have good clients who are located across the city. Yeah. Um, not a lot of them, maybe 10 or 15, um, which is okay, but I don't want to be going downtown Toronto five days a week. If it's one or two days, it's not sure. Bad. It's not that bad. You know what? I'll deal with it. But yeah, staying local is is important. And as long as the agent is from around the area, you know, I, I go all over. We, we have some agents that, you know, have stuff in Port Dover, have stuff in Sable Beach, you know, out Port Hope. And, you know, we'll go those places. Yeah, as long as they're an agent that provides you that local business a lot of the time yeah. if they trust you and like your relationship is good enough for you to take that one off you're not hurting your business you're actually just making it stronger with that person by taking that port over that you would never have taken if yeah. it wasn't for the person you use all the time right so you have to pick and choose what makes the most sense for your business at that time like if somebody just calls you and like they want a one-off in hamilton and they're not gonna use you ever again it's like uh, is it worth it yep or if they only do downtown condos, then you have to really think, okay, what's my future with this person? Exactly. Is it worth my two to 300 bucks today? Yeah. And sometimes I, I tell agents, um, you know, they're like, oh, I got, you know, your name from someone. I'm a realtor in Collingwood. Yeah. I just say, you know what? For the amount of, for the three hours it's going to take me to drive there and back, you're better off just hiring someone local. And they're like, sure, that makes sense. Right. So sometimes you do have to turn away someone who's not a local agent if, if they're based out of a further away place for sure. And I don't, I don't even think it comes down to price for the people out there who are like, we'll just charge them an arm and a leg. I don't even think it comes down to that because they're never going to find value. If you're like, I'll come there and do this. It's going to cost you 1200 bucks for the day. Like, even if they say yes, there's no positive coming out of this for you. They're going to pay 1200 bucks. They're never going to get that value back for photos and video in their mind. They're going to say, wow, I can't believe I paid 1200 bucks for that. And then for you at the end of the day, yes, you make your 1200 bucks minus your gas and your expenses, but that, like, that's not a repeat either. No, typically not. And you killed the day. Yes. Where you could have maybe filled in four, out, four other shoots. Yeah. And you can never charge as much for mileage as you can for doing other shoots. No. Right. So that's the one thing I've learned too. Yeah. So we started to charge a little bit for mileage when, you know, gas started to get up and I started, we started to value our time a little bit more when we're sitting in the car for two or three hours. Um, but yeah, if you can get three shoots within 10, 20 minute drives of each other, it just makes so much more sense. Talking about pricing, like you guys are very reasonably priced for the industry. Have you come to a point or have you maybe in the past looked at what you charge and say either we're too much, we need to back off, or we're too little, we need to increase. But how do we do that? Yeah. Have, so you, have you had that conversation with yourself? I'm having that conversation with myself right now. Okay. Uh, that's something that I am going to work on because we haven't changed our prices in the last three and a half years, four years. Um, and I've looked at some of the competition in different cities around the GTA, and they're charging more. Yep. Um, more so if you're like right in the downtown core, right. Um, 
So it's just always that Toronto premium. Well, because you got to pay, right? Because there's a higher cost of living down there, right? Plus, you got like just to park your car somewhere. Yep. Sometimes there's not even free parking in a condo. Yep. You got to pay 30 bucks just to do a photo shoot. Yeah. Right? So that's something we're considering. Um, trying to figure out the numbers and try to do like some combos where, like, you know, if you order photo video drone or photo video 3D, that the price isn't going to change that much. But if you just want to do one or two things, then we're going to raise the price just a little bit. I honestly, like you have to, you don't really have a choice, right? Because you can't just run a business. Like when we have everything costing more from groceries to you name it, like inflation is real, which is why the mortgage rates are nuts right now compared to, you know, 12 months ago, but you guys can't lose money or make lower salary just because of feeling bad almost. Yeah. Right. So I, I think honestly, like you guys need to do whatever you need to do. You just give your, I think you just give your clients a heads up. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give like send out an email three months heads up. This is what's going to happen. You know, the, the, the real ones are going to stay. Yep. And the ones who leave, they're probably the people who are one-offs anyways. Yep. Especially if you're charging the least in the industry. And if they're happy with you, no one's going to try a new photographer. Yeah. Like, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. Not to book and to actually do it. It's just like the trust. Yes. For us. Because we know when you take pictures, we know what our client's going to see. Yeah. Try a new person. They're like, is it worth the extra $15 saving now or 20 Yeah. Like, I think the combo thing is huge. It, may, it might even incentivize some of these agents to do more video. Yes. Like, if you comboed picture video or picture and real. Yeah, because I think like a horizontal or a landscape video now is kind of dying. It depends. Depending on where people are posting, like if they it post it on YouTube, on a computer screen. Yeah, on a computer yeah. screen, on it's perfect. But most people, like I know myself, everything is just on the phone. Yeah, and I send something, it's horizontal. Yeah, crop. So a lot of property tours that are landscape are just cropped. You're cropping half of the room. Yeah, which yes doesn't give you as nice of a look or an impression on what the house is, yep. but ultimately like somebody's on their phone most of the time. And that's why I give like some of my clients do both. Yep. Right. We'll do photo video and a reel so that they, it's just another piece of marketing material for them. Right. Cause now they've got that content that is specifically made for TikTok, Instagram and mobile Facebook. Yeah. And then they've got the other piece of content that is specifically made for a computer for realtor.ca for YouTube. Yeah. And even YouTube shorts right now are like taking over that. I, I'm thinking in like the next 12 months, it'll basically be Instagram yeah. and YouTube shorts. Yeah. I think TikTok is going to be gone. I don't know if that's a bold thing to say, but I think like TikTok is just going to disappear. They've already got a couple of lawsuits, I believe, against them. But it's YouTube is Google. Yes. Everything there is like done through analytics, done through search base engine. And if you go on YouTube right now, like I spend a ton of time on there. Half of my actual thing that pops up is like 50% reels now yep. and 50% landscape. It's I not even... They're pushing that now. When I go onto the homepage, it's, you've got your four videos at the top. And then I think they've got six or seven reels set up that you can click. And they have like enticing thumbnails. So you click them. Right. Yeah. And they're quick. Like it's just like 15 seconds, 10 seconds, easily digestible. But what they're going to do now is they're going to incorporate their YouTube model. Yeah. For reels. Like right now you can't make money doing reels. Yeah. But now they're going to incorporate that. So everybody's going to leave TikTok 
Yeah. Because they don't really make money on TikTok unless you have like an ad or something like that or a company product that you're pushing. So YouTube's just going to freaking run. I mean, they already do run everything, but I think uh, YouTube is YouTube shorts are where a lot of people are going to start to put a lot more content, at least for, for the near term. So I want your opinion on AI and AI photos and stuff. Have you seen any of the AI photos that have been out there? Is that the ones that like you did of yourself, the AI portraits? Yeah. Have you seen stuff like that yeah. out there recently? Yeah. Like, what's your opinion on like being a photographer with your like product, essentially like you take a picture of a house, it's your picture. Yeah. Like what's your opinion on these AI companies that are basically pooling, let's say 50 different artists styles and then generating a picture of you or of a, a space like, i think it's cool like it doesn't encro- you don't feel like it encroaches on your no because i'm still always going to have to be or someone is going to have to be there taking a picture right. whether it gets to the point where you have the camera in 10 years i don't know maybe i go into business and you have like a camera you just set in the in the room and it does everything for you yeah that could be some type of artificial intelligence that changes the industry completely um, but I love that stuff. I think that's super cool to see all the different things that AI is doing right now. Like, especially isn't there, there's a script that you can ask it questions. And it'll... So if you go on, it's called chat GPT yeah. and it's like a open source site, yeah. but it doesn't pull video or anything. No. So if I were to go on chat GPT and type in, and I did it the other day, I was actually, we got our dog here smacking the cords. <laughs> if I were to go on chat GPT and type in, um, home buying process in Toronto. Yeah. You can type whatever question you want and it, the answer will change depending on the question you ask. Yeah. But if you type in this question, I got in a matter of 15 seconds, a 10 step process on how to buy a home in the Toronto area or GTA broken down. Now people are saying that it's not always right. So you have to obviously read it, see what it brings you but literally every step. I was like, wow. 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 So people are now using this for blog posts. Yep. They're using it for YouTube descriptions. Like if I made a video on rising interest rates and how that's going to hurt the Canadian economy, type it in chat GPT, how are rising interest rates dangerous for the Canadian economy? 10 seconds later, you got this script. So it's really cool. People are worried about it from like, I talked to somebody who's a teacher the other day and they're like, well, what if I give, an assignment to do a essay on this. Yeah. And you can literally type in like, write me a five page essay on so-and-so and it could do it. Yeah. So like there's some, there's some things that it could be dangerous for, or like detrimental to like the student's not going to learn anything no. by doing that. So the audible is really just, Hey, now everything's in class. We're not giving you a take home assignment because like you're just going to type it in one of these AI things. Yeah. But it's AI has become more like social media showy, more prevalent recently. It's been around for so long. Yeah. Like this is not the first, you know, showing of AI. If you have Gmail and you type in there, how many times is it predicting your next word? Like yeah. AI is built in everywhere. We're getting scared of it. I guess people are getting scared of it, maybe from job security or things like that. But there's like you're saying, still has to be somebody behind the curtain. For the most part, right? Like, for most things. I mean, if it ever got to the point where I didn't need to be there and some robot was taking all the pictures and video, then it would get to the point where you wouldn't need to be there and a robot would, would sell, sell the house, house, right? Right, exactly. And I don't think it's ever going to get to that point. 
the interaction with human to human or face to face is something that you can't replicate. Like these AIs and these, uh, like even Elon is in the middle of building a robot or has like a prototype, right? But they're never going to be able to replicate emotion. No. And like maybe facial gestures based on their cameras reading off of you. I don't know, but it's not going to be the same. It'll be close. Like I'm sure AI can get us to some places where uh, somebody might prefer the AI spouse yeah. over somebody that they've met, you know, on Humble or whatever the new app is nowadays, right? So there's certain things that it, it'd be interesting for. But yeah, from a photography standpoint, I saw a lot of people getting upset. Like, oh, this is not fair to the artist because they're not giving credit. But if they're pulling like styles or like bits and pieces to create a picture that's not the same picture, yeah, I don't know how you can really be upset. Yeah. At the end of the day, like they'll use a million drawings of people's faces to create my face. Yeah. Nobody's ever taken a picture of me that's on the internet. So we're not taking somebody's product. Yeah. And, you know, rehashing it. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out if anyone sets a precedent for like copyright infringement or anything like that in the future. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I mean, it's, it's cool now. There's really interesting things that people can use it for and like this chat gpt is nice for certain things like blog posts like we said but is it taking over the world no but it's a step in a direction that people need to be aware of yeah like just talking to somebody the other day the grocery store like there's just every time i go there's maybe one or two actual cashiers at a grocery store and 30 cashiers that are empty yeah and then there's everybody using the self-checkout like that's a form of AI, yep. right? You're doing all the work yourself, essentially. The computer's there to do what it needs. You still need one or two people that work there, but you're saving these companies so much money yep. on the actual process of having a cashier to go through it, right? So AI is neat. I think it's I think it's good for the business. I don't think it's going to take over like a job that you have because, that, I mean, maybe in the future, but it's so far out. Yeah, like there has to be some like a robot that can get there to do the process. The one thing I've seen someone actually on a real estate Facebook group was show how AI is doing virtual staging, and it didn't do a very good job. Someone tested out in a few rooms, master bedrooms, living rooms, and stuff, and there would be like three couches all beside each other. Yeah, the bed would be in the corner. And like, it was weird. So I think maybe, I don't know if the AI was just bad or if it needs a lot of learning still, but people are trying it for certain aspects of, of real estate photography, I guess. So. What's your view on these virtual stagers? Like people who do we, virtual staging and like, do you think it does a good enough job? I do. We, we offer it. I do it just to keep my customers happy. Yeah. We don't make a lot of money from it. Because we, we outsource, outsource it. it yeah. um, and I tell the outsourcing people exactly where to place the furniture and what furniture to pick. Gotcha. Um, so it's still, it's still, it's still even though you outsource it, like it's still yeah, a decent amount of work. To, it is. It is time consuming. I'll spend a couple hours just putting, you know, two or three pictures together. Yeah. Drawing the floor plan, where I want everything, plants, this, that, pillows, whatnot. Um, I think it's good for vacant houses. Because as you know, it's tough to tell the perspective, right? Yeah. You know, is that room 10 by 10 or is it 20 by 20? Yeah. 
So just keep going. That's one thing where I think it is good. It's going to help people kind of understand. Yeah, I can fit a two seater couch there or a three seater couch or a love chair or, you know, different things like that, where it'll give the buyer just a little bit of perspective. Yeah, I don't I don't think people realize like the whole staging thing is it's not cheap. No to do staging, right? So virtual staging is a good alternative for an agent to maybe offer yep. for their client on a house that maybe looks rough or it's vacant because to stage a 3,000 square foot house is going to cost us like three grand or more nowadays. Yeah. And a lot of the time the agent is taking that on as an expense. Maybe they're splitting it with their client, but in a market where it's taking 30, 60, 90 days to sell a house of that size, you're paying monthly. Yep. Right. So it, it's cost benefit at yep. the end of the day. Okay. What can you offer your client? You want to be a really good service, but like you can't lose money. No. Right. So a lot of, a lot of agents are offering the staging or maybe starting a staging company so they can offset some. Of yeah. Some of the teams that I work with have like staging in house where one realtor was an interior designer before they became a realtor or got their interior designer license or whatnot. So they're saving on cost because they're staging, you know, for four different agents where it kind of makes sense. And then, and then they have their own couches, their own, you know, all their own furniture, but that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. That makes things a lot easier because if you're, you're not paying for the rental of all the furniture, it is your yeah. product at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So as we're getting closer to the end here, what kind of advice do you have for somebody who is getting into photography or videography and they're not sure like which avenue they want to try, they want to go? Like they can go to do weddings, they can go to do real estate or kids or families. Is there any specific advice that you can offer them on maybe what worked for you? I would just say get out there and try everything. So like I said, I started with landscapes then sports then I got into portraits then I got into real estate and then I started to do video and then, like you just keep trying that I, I do some product photography still um, just keep trying everything. Um, I've done weddings in the past. I figured out that I didn't like weddings. Uh, the money's good, but I just didn't like working on the weekends for 12 hours straight. And you know, most people are trying to get married on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday yep. or Sunday, essentially. Right. So figure out what works for you. And then take a deep look and say, hey, can I make a, a living doing this? You're not going to make a living taking sports photos very hard. You know, you're not going to become a National Geographic wildlife or landscape photographer very hard. So you're probably going to be in real estate, weddings, or business promotional videos like myself. And if you enjoy doing one of those things, then go for it and just do it on the side. Just keep working into it. Start it as more like a side passion yeah. project and just get a feel. And it's harder to do with real estate because you you know you've got to do it during the day typically. Right. Um, whereas weddings, you can you know it's only on weekends for the most part, so that's an easier side hustle to do. I know a lot of people side hustle weddings. And they do five, six, seven weddings a year. Right. When it gets to twenty or thirty, then they quit their job and go jump ship. Um, but yeah, so just keep trying. And uh, you'll figure out if you like it or not, if it's worth your time and if you have a passion for it. Yeah, I mean, like right now we're in a expensive time to live, right? So you don't necessarily want to go and quit a job that maybe makes 
a livable wage for something that's a complete risk, or maybe you don't know if you like it, right? So yeah. find out what you can actually accomplish in that industry. Is it feasible to live off of it, or should it just be a side thing the whole time? Yep. Like if you can never make a livable wage, as much as you like it, it's it's not the smartest decision. No. To do it full time. But yeah, unless you, you just don't care about money, yep. or maybe you have money and you just want to do a job you love, then it's a different story, right? Yep. But no, I think that's right. You got to kind of dabble, see if it's right for you. Uh, maybe work with somebody like yourself or somebody who does it full time. Yep. Hey, can I just shadow you for a week, for a month, for a day, whatever it is? Just get a sense of, hey, like, oh, I don't really have no interest in property photography. Yep. Great. On to the next possible thing that you could be photographing, right? So, taking pictures of photographing yeah but it's it's difficult to choose the route we're in a day and age where if you don't like it though you just switch yeah like you're not going to do a job you don't like anymore yeah our parents would have done that for 60 years for 40 years right us if we don't like it we just move to the next thing we're very a generation that continues to go with the flow yeah and i had a high school student actually do a a co-op term with me and he was interested in video editing for the most part. Okay. So I brought him out. I showed him how I photographed homes, how I did the video of homes. And then I, yeah, I showed him my editing process. And then I let him do the editing himself. I gave him the clips. I let him do the color grading. I let him pick the music and the titles and how the video kind of flowed. And, you know, he learned after doing it, you know, for a few weeks, he's like, nah, not my thing. He wants to be a, a I think an editor for movie productions so completely different right right but now he's learned now he knows yeah he's learned that this wasn't his thing yeah and then he can move on to the next right so like you said you know if you're in high school or whatnot and you have the opportunity to shadow someone for a co-op term great idea yeah like for you guys it's great you get a you get somebody to help you with some tasks that they could probably handle on the other spectrum for them they get to really get a feel of what this could be if it was their full-time job yeah or part-time if it was just a weddings on the weekends kind of thing, right? So giving them a full retrospect of what their life could be is probably the best way they can approach it. I think just like trying it once you're out of school, it's okay. But at that point, you probably have expenses that you need to float to. Yeah. And then they can get a sense of all the gear that they need and what there is. Because you probably can't survive without a drone. No. You probably can't survive without good quality camera. And you need, how often are you replacing your stuff? cameras every probably three four years i've had some cameras for eight nine years now and you know the mechanisms just wear out they have a a number of shutter counts that they'll they'll do before they actually do break but it's not that they're breaking it's more that the technology has gone from 1080p video to 4k video to 6k video to autofocus you know some of the other ones track your face track your eye like there is so that's the reason you're upgrading is just because the technology is getting better it's not that things are breaking but you know uh i get a new computer typically every three to four years because the editing software and the hardware of the computers just speeds things up so much more like it's incredible i just got a new 2022 laptop i used one from from apple and i probably save half an hour every night because it's new and it's quick and it doesn't have the lag it yes it renders videos and exports them honestly 10 times faster when i did side by side yeah see like that's impressive like a camera like i've got a 
a little snap and shoot Sony yeah. that does video and stuff. We used to take it on vacation, but I think if I even tried to record anything now with it, it would just look like dog shit. Yeah, it's outdated. Like you use a, your phones now have 4K. Yep. You can change the frames per second with the tap of a finger. Yeah. Like technology is moving at a very quick pace, it seems like right now. And that's what's going to be your biggest expense, obviously, if you're a photographer or a videographer. You need to keep up because if somebody wants 4K video, if you don't offer it, maybe they're saying, oh, well, okay, yeah, let's find out somebody who does. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, keeping up with that is paramount. And you and your partner have to have the same gear. Yes. Essentially. And that's why, you know, I've looked at, you know, maybe I can go buy a five or $6,000 camera with a really nice $3,000 lens. Right. But then I've got to go do the same thing for Curtis. Because you can't have half your clients having right. one product and half having the other. So that's why we've got to have both good cameras, yeah. but not the best of everything. Because otherwise, then it just doesn't make business sense. Like, we won't make our money back if we all own $10,000 cameras. Running a business, like, it's running a business. You have to look at all the aspects. It's not just providing the best picture quality for a client it's the experience yeah first and foremost but it's also having consistency yeah and like i've talked about this recently with uh one of my coworkers. it's like okay you're going to give this person this person and this person a discount you're not going to give this client or this client a discount you're going to give this person an in-between discount when you start to do this kind of stuff your whole business gets like it's a knot that you have to unweave and yep. then you start to think to yourself oh shit okay what did i do for this guy last time yep Am I going to tell him more by accident now or less? Yeah. Right. So if you just have like a consistent, whether it's a fee, whether it's a process product, if it's the same across the board, you'll never have that. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, I think everyone's gone through that and dealt with that growing yep. their business. Yeah. And that's kind of where you'll modify like what's important to you. Like saying when you have to do this, the price increase, like it has to happen. You're going to tell everybody ahead of time. So they're not shocked when they call you. And then, you know, it's just going to be the way it works. Like the business has to be like that. You can't just raise it on the new people, not raise it on the old. If they somehow come in contact and they just say, Hey, like you, you use these guys too. What do they charge you? Oh shit. Exactly. They're overbilling me. And then your future with that person is kind of like in the trash can, right? Exactly. Very good, man. All right. Well, I think I am good. Do you have anything else you want to cover before we kind of wrap this up here? No, that's everything on the top of my head. All right. If you are looking to get into photography, if you are a student, if you're just looking to get into real estate photography, if you maybe want to shadow somebody for a day, if you want to learn a little bit more on what it takes to get into the industry, uh, let us know. Either Cody or Curtis might be willing to take you on for a day, even if it's just to you know shadow them on a shoot. I'm happy to have you come out to one of my shoots and you guys can see what, what actually goes into taking pictures of a house because it's not just as simple as walking in there with a camera and snapping your pictures and I wish it was taking it out for the day. I think we all do, right? Yeah. So this has been the third episode of the Listen More podcast. If you are interested in any of the services that these guys provide at Canada Property Tours or at their new media company, I will have everything linked below. Where can they follow you if they're listening? Uh, Canada Property Tours on Instagram. Perfect. And you can message them, DM them, they'll get back to you with uh, any of your needs. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to write a review on any podcast service that you are listening to. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day.